H-U-G-S. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. It's hour number two on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller, we're with you here up until noon in about 20 minutes. Our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We will opine on uh, the Hawkeyes, basketball and football. Doc is leaving. Didn't we find out that he's covering the Iowa State Yes, he is. Um, Clemson game and then going to stay in town, obviously, and cover uh, the Hawks and Kentucky so he's leaving Christmas Day, I think. Is that what it is? I read it as the, the um, mailbag in The Athletic, and towards the bottom of it, he's spending Christmas Day in St. Louis with his mom. Okay. Before, I guess, he flies from the loo. Let's get Bama Bob in here. This will be Bama's last appearance prior to Christmas. We'll recap the weekend, look ahead to some of the minor bowls, but it ratchets up, obviously, after Christmas. He'll be back with us then. Bama, Trent, and Ken, how are you? Fantastic, guys. How are you? Doing well. Bama, i got to start with, uh, I know you watched the game because you were tweeting about uh, the setting for the Montana State, South Dakota State, the, the game. <laughs> yeah. Bama, I loved that game. As, as much as uh, any of the games uh, this weekend, that maybe was, is, might, might be number one on my list. It was a fun game to watch. Your thoughts on that one? And i got to tell you, this kid from Montana State, that quarterback, Tommy Malot, Malo, Malot, yeah. I think is how you say his name. A freshman yeah. grew up in the state of Montana, um, kind of thrown into the game. I, what what a story! What a game he had. Yeah, it really was fun, Ken. I mean, I I, I enjoy this level of, of football if you're really a, a fan because it. I know we get caught up in you know all the the playoff and everything and some of the bigger teams and all the you know, big-name coaching carousel, and that's all important, and it's all what, kind of what drives the machine. But when it filters down to the quote-unquote lower levels, if you will, and you see a game like you saw this weekend with, with Montana State and South Dakota State, it just seemed, I, I don't know, the setting you're right was just it was just stunning to me, the shots of that with the, the mountains and the snow in the background. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you had two... Uh, northern states or you know great plains or whatever you want to call it uh you know but it was really high quality football and there's some guys there on both teams that are going to play on sunday no question question. and i mean i don't know how many will get a shot but uh whether they'll make rosters will they get drafted where they'll be practice squad guys or whatever but there's players on both teams that are going to get a shot and and good for them um and i think one of the things and, and i'm i can't remember where I saw this, if they're still doing it, um, I thought they were going to have almost like an FCS pro day kind of thing where they, where they all get them all together. And so, hmm. you know, you don't have to travel to, you know, cause you know, scouts are limited and budgets right. are limited. Um, so you don't have to travel to Montana and all these other places. You can kind of have them all in one it's place. It's a great idea. Like a combine a, for, for FCS kids. Yes, absolutely. It's a pro day. You know, the combine, I think you'll still be kind of in, on an invite level, but mm-hmm. you'll have these pro days where, you know, maybe a school like Montana or South Dakota State can't, they're not really used to, you know, this whole, you know, get, you know, setting up a pro day and all that kind of thing. Maybe North Dakota State with their quarterbacks a little bit, we'll familiar with it, but either regionally or just in one place. And I just thought it's fantastic, but, um, 
I love that game being outdoors. I love being, you know, being played in the cold and the snow and everything. And it was really high quality football. I mean, it wasn't, you could have watched that game and thought you were watching any, you know, mid major program, if you will. And even some, uh, power five schools, you know, mm-hmm. that aren't very good. I mean, they, there's, listen, Montana, this was Montana State, but Montana went up to, uh, to Seattle and beat Washington this year. So these guys can play. Uh, and it's fun stuff. One of us picked and... Washington to win the Pac-12. Trent, was no. you? I, I had the notebook. It was not me. What, are you sure it wasn't you? I can look. No, don't. I, I know I was Oregon. <laughs> well, you know, let me see. Then it bad. must have been, if it's not Trent, if it wasn't Bama, oh, yeah, it was me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got the uh, notebook open right and here. And that was one of your better picks. What? Yeah, <laughs> right. We all picked Georgia. We yeah. all picked Georgia, did we? You had them uh, over... Alabama, as I did, Ken. Mm-hmm. Bama, you had them over A and M. A and M beat Alabama and, and, my, and lost. Now, four in games. My, yeah, yeah, in my right. defense, I thought, hey, listen, A and M's going to knock off Alabama this yeah. year, and they did. But I didn't see them losing three <laughs> more games. But that's neither here nor there. Scoreboard is scoreboard. So. We all had the Buckeyes winning the Big Ten. Oops, didn't happen. Yeah. Didn't uh, even get there. No. Uh, in fact, only one of us had the right entrant into the game, and that was you. You had I win there, Ken. Well, there you go. Yes. Bama had Wisconsin. I had Minnesota. Let's go to that Pac-12. There's that Washington-USC matchup we didn't see from Ken. <laughs> Oregon-USC for Bama. I had Utah winning it all. I think you go to the head of the class. That's a pretty good one. because yeah. any, Did anybody get one right other than you? Uh, that was the only one there. Yeah. Uh, we all had Clemson, of course, winning the ACC. Yeah. <laughs> didn't get there. Whoops. And yeah. we had Oklahoma, all of us there. Both you guys had Iowa State, though, winning the conference. Mm-hmm. I had Oklahoma beating TCU. Ooh, yuck. Yeah, ouch. So what we're learning, do not listen to us, our picks in August. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we got to go on record, right? It's, you do. Yeah, you, we do. you got to go on record. Uh, so, mean, you have to something. Put it out there. Absolutely. Trent, what was your takeaway from the weekend? You pick any game you want to talk about. Well, it's one that Bama probably is going to be able to help us out with UAB? More. UAB Ooh. beating BYU. Yeah. We talked about that game. Motivation. Going to Shreveport for BYU off a 10-win season. How motivated they were, but... Bill Clark, how is he still at UAB? This guy had his so he program. Wants to be there. I just somebody's not coming out from the Big Ten, the SEC, the no. ACC, and throwing four or five million dollars at this guy. I don't get it, Bama. What's he making, Bama? Any idea? He's probably around two million bucks now. I'm going to say so. It's 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 not insignificant money. Um, but look, I mean, he. I mean, it's not Ken Miller money, but you know, it's just one of those. Uh, He's, I will say this, and I don't know. I don't know specifics, obviously, or anything. I'm not an insider, if you will, but I do know from you know reading different reports down here and people who, in the know that he has had offers to jump to, you know, maybe Power Five schools, uh, not big ones, you know, not like Auburn or anything like mm-hmm. that. Which I don't know why Auburn's not coming after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Harson maybe winds up being a good job, you know, doing a good job, but you know, he's not going to be on the Florida radar or teams like that, but you know there was some talk around Mississippi State, but they went with Leach because you know the big name, proven winner, all this kind of stuff. But I tell you what, that guy can flat out coach. Yes, he can. And he is at UAB right now because he wants to be. He made a commitment. He stayed there, guys. He was the coach that was there when they when they killed the program in 2014, yep. and he stayed. That's amazing. And it was another year or so before they restarted it, and it took him a couple of years to get it going. And he is just, I think, 
I would have thought if he was going to move, this would have been the year to do it because these are the basically the the kids that he recruited. You know, the first class that he recruited after they started back. This is the five years uh, of that. So these are all those seniors, um, and so he but he's been loyal to them because they were loyal to him. And I, I don't think he'll stay there forever. But and you're right, BYU they started out slow and UAB jumped them and it turned into a really good game. But man, the the two running backs in that game for for both teams were just that was another fun physical game. But I just can't overstate from a program that did not exist five years ago to being able to now come in and beat a really good beat, whether they were motivated or not, to go to Shreveport, to go in and beat a, a number twelve or thirteen ranked team in a bowl game is just unbelievable for a program like that. And they've also they've got a couple of conference championship games appearances. They've won a conference USA championship since they restarted it's just really incredible what they've done and uh, they got a brand new stadium now in downtown birmingham that seats about forty thousand. uh so they're they're moving to the to the uh, american athletic conference that's a big move for them getting out of conference usa uh they were you know listen two or three years ago they wouldn't have been invited for that they would have just been kind of died on the vine with conference usa so a lot going on around uab football and good for them because uh and bill clark is absolutely front and center and all of that let's look ahead to the week fellas um i'm anxious to uh, trend to pick your brain on the we're in a contest if you mm-hmm. don't want to get, um the bet rivers contest we're referring to florida ucf what, what kind of speaking of motivation what time what kind of gators team is going to show up it's a great question, and you wonder with all the uncertainty surrounding the program, you get Napier coming in there. Looks like he at least salvaged something at the end of the recruiting class uh, here in December that we'll see. Wheels in motion. This is going to be a big offseason, certainly for him. UCF gets their shot. Yeah. You get your opportunity. That's and it's, why I like them. It's a banged up team. Bowser's not there. Gabriel's already in the transfer mm-hmm. porter, uh, portal. So. You wonder just stylistically how good they're going to be, but here's your chance. You've been running your mouth for years. Right. Here you go. Yeah. And do it. And does that motivate Florida? Bam, you probably maybe have a better read on this. Does this motivate Florida at all? Does this, knowing that, all right, here's little brother and they won't shut up, let's shut them up. Let's just stop it once and for all. We're six and six, but this is actually something that gets us invested. How do you see it? I think you're going to see a pretty intense game. Well, I, I, I have a, a good buddy that lives in Tampa. The game sold out, guys. At Raymond, is it nice. really? They wow, have sold sixty five thousand. Holy mackerel! That's great. Now, how many? Uh, how many show up as UCF fans? I don't know. I'll tell you. I think Florida's pretty pretty motivated. I I will say this: the trajectory of the Florida program. You know, they they fired Dan Mullen, and I, I can tell you that the 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 Florida fans that I talked to when they were playing. Florida State at the end of the year for bowl eligibility, and the the winner basically got a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Florida fans just just like please just let us lose. We don't care <laughs> if it's to Florida State or not. We don't want to. We don't want to watch this, you know, pile of trash anymore this year. And then they win the game. They hire Napier. It's been a home run hire. Every I mean, he won the press conference. He said all the right things. He's done all the right things. You're right. He salvaged a decent recruiting class. I think. The fan base is a little energized uh, by him. And listen, I, I have no idea how many Florida players have entered the portal or, or whatever, declared for the draft or whatnot. But I think the ones that, that are there are going to give a pretty 
a, a really good effort. I don't think this is going to be one of those, hey, you know, we're just kind of playing out the string because if you don't want to be there, you've got plenty of chances to leave now, especially with the portal. You can bail. And I think the ones that show up are going to want to be there. I think they're going to give an effort. And you're right. I mean, this kind of re-energizes the fan base because it is UCF. If it were another opponent, uh, you know, pick one, Memphis, I don't care. I'm looking at one of these other teams. It really wouldn't have been that big a deal. This one has got their attention because you're right. It's little brother. It's shut up. It's Gus Malzahn. It's, you know, okay, you know, hey, we think we're making inroads in the state of Florida. No, you're not. Okay. (laughs) You know, Florida State's down. Miami's got a new coach. Florida's got a new coach. Hey, we're on a we're on a level playing field with you guys, and I think they're going to want to show. And listen, one game's not going to determine that. It's going to really be over the next two or three years how Napier does and how Malzahn does. But this, I think, this is going to be a really fun outside of Missouri Army. This is the one I'm looking forward to the most, and maybe along with Missouri and Army. And this is just because Army gets a matchup with an SEC team. I think yep. that's great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday night. This yep. UC, yeah, this UCF Florida game is the one is the pre Christmas game I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, Bama, give give us uh, thirty seconds on Army Missouri. Bama, do you have an opinion? Um, it's hard to because you know Army. You know they're coming off the loss to. You know the Navy, and that's that's the one. You know, that's how, their game. Get, yeah, yeah, that's their game. That's it. And you know they don't care that they're gonna. You know they they've lost a shot of the ten win season. I think, I think these guys are disciplined enough. I think they're going to get over that hurt enough. I think having an SEC opponent for them is, mm-hmm. and I know it's not Alabama or Georgia or Florida or Tennessee or any of those, but it's an SEC opponent. And I think that Monken is really going to get these guys up, and I think they're going to be fired up as far as the game goes. Missouri's run defense hasn't been very good, and we know what Army likes to do. Uh, if the the quarterback needs to be healthy for Army, they need to be at full strength to have a shot. Um, it's, Missouri's going to probably have better athletes. Uh, I think Missouri's going to be motivated as well a little bit for this game. I don't know why. I just think they. I just think they are. Um, but this one's fun, and it's just it's just great. I think for Army coming off of that that tough loss to Navy, but getting a reward for a. a, a you know, a decent bowl game uh, and being able to to play an SEC team. I think it's going to be a lot of really good motivation for them. I think they'll be up for it. Can they beat them? I don't really know, but um, it's, it's I'm I'm happy for them. I'm happy for that program. Absolutely, Bam. We'll let you go on this. Uh, Bo Nix uh, leaves Auburn. Uh, he's off to Oregon. Uh, he is yeah. signed, sealed, and delivered, and is going to be a duck. I like the move. I, I do. I, I think that uh, Oregon, they needed a, quarter, uh, a quarterback. Uh, Bo Nix, depends what week you watch him. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the Bo Nix experience, uh, and we've seen that before. Uh, your, your thoughts on that move? I thought it was a little interesting, Ken. Um, now, look, obviously new coach. I mean, he, he was never going back to Auburn. I think that was pretty clear. Um, I don't think he's Harson's cup of tea, didn't recruit him, all that kind of thing. Um, Dan Lanning is the new coach. He's been Georgia's defensive coordinator for the last four years. So obviously Lanning sees something in him. He's played against him. So I think from that angle, uh, it Lanning obviously sees something that he thinks, even though he's a defensive guy, he's played Knicks uh, for, throughout his entire career and you know has had success against him, let's face it. But Obviously, he saw something in Knicks that says, "Yeah, maybe this guy can help us." I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't think it was a, it was a curious spot for me, just because it's so far away. I mean, this is a kid that, you know, grew up 
in central Alabama, grew up in the South, grew up always wanting to be an Auburn Tiger, you know, became an Auburn Tiger, graduated in three years. We got to give him credit for that. He's mm. a true student athlete, so he got his degree. Yep. Um, and to go so far away, he's got two years left. I don't know what else they're going to bring in. I don't know what other type of offense Lanning's going to run. Um, it, I found it interesting to hire. Uh, you know, Cristobal had kind of tried to build that into a physical team, and here they hire a defensive guy. Uh, who's run one of the great defenses in the you know the last two or three years uh, at Georgia? So um, I just found it a little peculiar. I thought there were other, I really thought he might wind up in a Big Twelve. I, I thought there was a tie uh, there with an OC, maybe. Yeah, there could be. I think that's um, it. it. Yeah, I, and I haven't looked deep enough into that staff. I just you know at the end of the day, it, it's one of these where Landing's that you know he's going to probably have the say in it. You know, the final say, and he obviously knows him. If it, I don't think if it was if, if he wasn't impressed or thought Knicks could help him having faced him, I don't think he would. He he would have accepted him. But um, I I really thought it would be more Big Twelve ACC school. I didn't think he would go to another SEC team just because you know you know he might not want to play Auburn again. But um, I thought maybe uh, an ACC or a Big Twelve. But he winds up in Oregon, and we'll see if he gets on the field. It's a big move for him. He's got a guy with like you said, depending on what week he's got a. He's got a lot of fun in him. He's got a lot of playmaking in him. He also has a lot of mistakes that he's made over the last few years mm-hmm. in big spots. And we'll just see uh, you know, what they bring in and how he competes and if he can get the job or not. If he can land the job, it's a good move. If he's fighting for it again, then you know, probably not so much. Uh, Raymond uh, Quisnell, I believe is how you say his last name, tw- uh, tweeted at me. Bill Clark makes one point six million. 1.6. So, Bama, you weren't for that's pretty good. Uh, still, pretty good salary. Yeah. Pretty good salary. Yeah. He'll, for Birmingham, yeah, I mean it's a little more than I make in Birmingham, but yeah, you can uh, you can you can live in a nice house. But I think they'll bump him up when they move because, like I said, they're moving to the American yep. Athletic, and I think they'll uh, if they want to keep him, they're going to have to bump him a little bit. They're never going to be able to bump him, you know, to really compete with a with a mid tier SEC team that's making four and a half, five million, anything like that. But if, you know, we'll we'll see what he does, but. There's a lot of excitement around this program, and, and good for them. Bama, are you the grandkids coming to you, or are you going to them? Uh, we are going to go down to them. It's one of these uh, you know things where uh, the other grandparents live two, three hours away, so they're going to go there for a few days, and then we're yeah. going to go back down to Auburn and uh, enjoy them, and uh, you know just try to decompress and watch a little football. Think about what we're talking about, grandkids. Talking on the radio for 20 years. Here we are at this point of our lives. Bama, good stuff. Merry Christmas, brother. To you and yours, we will uh, talk to you uh, when we get back. Uh, we're off until the 28th, so we'll preview a few. There'll be some meat on the bone. We can get into yeah. some of these P5 games. Uh, Bama, thank you. Merry Christmas, Bama. Thanks, bud. Same to you guys, both of you, and uh, always enjoy it. Safe safe travels to uh, you and your families if you go anywhere and just enjoy your family. Merry Thanks, Christmas, Bama. Merry Christmas, buddy. Take care. Take care, guys. Bama Bob, as we talk a little college football, you can follow Bama on Twitter. He's at Bama Bob. Breaking the AP poll has come out. And are they in the top ten? Yes, they are for sure. Number nine, Iowa State. That? Cyclone Larry on Twitter had this all year long. No, he didn't. Oh, he, when did he first tweet that? Oh, well, he didn't believe it. Early December? Oh, maybe he did believe it. Maybe November. Okay, I thought he was in. Get October. ready for a top ten yeah. Baylor Iowa you, State matchup, and here it is. That's unbelievable. So they will remain there if they don't have another game, and if they get another game, I would anticipate it would be a team that you know they should roll. Right. <laughs> Going to go into Big Twelve play as a top ten team, one v nine. 
they were two. I know. And twenty. I know. We trend, and it was hideous. We got to February. We had a discussion. How can we talk about this team? Well, they played kind of hard, <laughs> right? You know, you this guy build was them up all, a little bit. This guy was all right. Mm-hmm. Steve Prohm's nice. How about that? Good for you, T.J. Otzelberger. Unthinkable. Com- yeah, unthinkable. One now, and that's an ESPN game. I gotta think, right? That's not an ESPN Plus. So it's on New Year's it's New Year's Day. Day. So you got There's a little football on New Year's Day, right? Yeah. Other programming going on. I want to say it's the U, maybe the Deuce. I got it right here. Here's the million dollar question: One o'clock tip off. One o'clock tip off. Tip off. One versus nine. Yes. Here's the million dollar question: Number one team mm-hmm. versus number nine. Yeah. Does that merit? The announcer's in the building. Probably not. Who am I kidding? Please. Can you believe it? I understand times are tough. I know, too. It's one versus nine. It's conference play. Get him in the building. Fran Frischilla calling it from his couch. Yes. Yes. Frischilla never saw Ames last year. Why would he? (laughs) Right? I mean, you're not going to go send Fran Frischilla, the A-team. Well, here's your opportunity. Get there, for God's sakes. Miller and Condon, Scott Dockerman on the Hawks next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. It's KXNO. It's Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift that will certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team and win $150 in free bets if that team wins. It's a great way to put some extra jingle in your pocket. And all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get in the Christmas spirit with the holiday free bet surprise. Everyone will get a free bet up to 50 bucks instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO to bet just $5 on any NBA team and win $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code KXNO this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, Iowa-only, new customers only, and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never-frozen wings, buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get our friend Scott Dockerman in here as he makes his way to Florida next week. Double duty for Doc, going to cover the clones and Clemson and then stick around. Well, of course, he's going to stick around. He covers Iowa uh, for the Athletic and see Kentucky and the Hawkeyes. Doc, uh, Merry Christmas, Scott Dockerman. Trent and Ken, how are you? 
Merry Christmas to you all and happy holidays. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, just in, enjoying this uh, beautiful Monday here in Eastern Iowa. Doc, your mailbag was as jam-packed as you've had one all season long. I got a kick out of the way you laid it out with all the quarterback questions. Is the quarterback in the roster? Who's it going to be? Are they going to dip their toe in the transfer portal? It's obviously a huge talking uh, point amongst the fan base. Uh, was that your busiest mailbag at the Athletic all season? It was one of them. It was at or near the top of the list. It's probably the one that I included the most questions or and or comments. You know, there was a lot of times I try to group them together because a lot of people have similar thoughts. And uh, but yeah, that was the longest. It took you know a lot of those. A lot of times try to drive for getting about five hours to write those, but that one took me about double that. So now it was uh, the the quarterback question was was understandable and uh i knew that one was coming so i i tried to do what i could to, to lay out a case uh for for what should happen next or what will happen next and sometimes what should and what will happen doesn't always meet in the middle i thought a really interesting question one i hadn't thought about a whole lot was who's going to replace caleb shudek and you talked yes. about you know tyler lindebaum yeah. everybody knows that's going to be tough to replace but you lose it all american kicker Aaron Blom's on the roster. They have another kid from the Carolinas coming in. Uh, Stevens, that'll be coming in next season. Open competition. Have you heard anything at all? You usually get some nuggets from time to time how the redshirt freshman out of Oskaloosa is doing Aaron Blom. Yeah, that well, you know, as you can imagine, that one's probably down for the list. But Blom is, uh, I've a- I have asked LeVar about him, um, and he's, he likes him. He likes him quite a bit. What is, you know? What does that mean? You know, when you get it, in, when he'll be challenging for the number one spot, he hasn't had to worry about that for a while. Who knows? They also have Lucas Amaya, who's from Wisconsin, uh, but he's he's obviously third behind Blom. And and uh, you know, Drew Stevens. There's there's a part of me that you know he's from the same part of the world. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, of Keith Duncan. So I think this is going to be a full on competition. I don't know that we're going to get a decision made in the spring unless one person's just clearly better and it means one person more than anything that means one person's clearly worse but uh i think uh you know that that one remains to be seen that's one that we'll we'll have to wait on until probably august to get a, a clear definition on. is next year's quarterback on the roster doc <laughs> well, i think they'll have quarterbacks on the roster but that is a great question uh, i i don't know um i i as i kind of laid out there i i know that there have been discussions Let's just put it that way. You know what what to do about that position. You know what is uh, it, you know Spencer Peters graduated over the weekend. Well, he looked for a different spot if he's not named the starter. You know for the bowl game after the bowl game, whatever. Uh, you know Alex Padilla. If, if Spencer Petras again, do you look for a different spot? Should Iowa look for another quarterback? Those are all really important questions. As as big and important as anything that they're going to have to face and. My answer is look at everything, and if if in the portal, if you think you've got a chance to go get, uh, let's say Caleb Thompson from from Texas or Keaton Slovis for USC, I think you do it because I think this team needs a spark there. However, if you think that a quarterback, I've seen some you know that complete fifty six percent of their passes, and I'm like, well, you've got guys who have a lot of equity in the system and a, and a put out a lot, um, put a lot on the line. Just stick with them, you know, if that's the case. So, because uh, not every quarterback in the transfer portal is all that good. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's what they've got to work on the next. Uh, you know, really up until the bowl game is try to figure out what's next. And 
And that's going to be a tough question because you, if you if you go to the transfer portal now, you alienate the guys who are already there. And uh, and, and they might have the, the best one of them all, maybe a, a true freshman right now, Joey Laban. Doc, um, Sean Callahan, who's very close, has a lot of great connections to the Nebraska program. Apparently he tweeted out, or uh, when we had Tom uh, Cakert on on Friday, he mentioned this, that apparently someone, not saying it was Ference, maybe it was Martinez's camp reached out to Iowa, although it seemed like right from the get-go that he was destined for K-State with his girlfriend being there. Did did you hear the rumor? Is there any credence or validity to the rumor that there was a, a, a at least a kicking of the tires on Adrian Martinez uh, potentially coming to Iowa? I haven't heard a lot about that. I, obviously, I did when Sean mentioned it, but uh, I, I do know that they are looking at quarterbacks. And again, uh, as far as whether they're going to sign one, uh, bring one in, whether the one they want's already gone, I don't really know. But I do know that uh, that that has been discussed. So whether or not it's Adrian Martinez, maybe it's just a discussion, you know, or maybe it's hey, would you be interested in him? You know, that type of thing. I mean, there's a lot of under the table discussion going on, and that wouldn't surprise me if they if they at least discuss that idea. Uh, I think you, with this red zone offense, you've got to look at everything, and that could include somebody else being a red zone quarterback, the way you know Minnesota was with Seth Green a few years ago. Is kind of your your short yardage guy, so I, I think they've got to they've got to check under the hood on everybody. It doesn't matter what the quarterback spot looks like. It doesn't matter what the offensive system looks like. If the offensive line isn't better than what we see, and specifically those tackles, you can go down the transfer portal list and, and maybe look at some transfers there. The offensive line as a whole, what has gone wrong in your opinion here the last couple of years? And really looking back throughout this time, as college football has evolved and changed and cut blocking rules have also changed, it just doesn't seem to be working at the level that you'd anticipate an Iowa offensive line. What's gone wrong in your mind? I think when you look year over year, um, that Iowa lost a couple of players who uh, they were unable to replace. And I think that starts with Alaric Jackson, tremendous blocker on the, on the edge. He set the edge of the perimeter uh, like few other blockers did. And, and you see the difference, if nothing else, in uh, yards per carry, 4.6 versus 3.2. That, that's huge. And uh, I think they really didn't anticipate Mark Kallenberger retiring, but that really hurt them. And, uh, but I think beyond that, you look at just the, you know, the kind of the lack of recruiting excellence among the upperclassmen at that stage. I mean, you just, you know, when you're, when you're looking at a, a def- an offensive line that has a, a defensive line transplant at center, which of course, Tyler Linderbaum's special and unique in his own way, yeah. but you know, walk-ons like Nick DeYoung and Kyler Schott filling gaps. And then you have, uh, you know, a redshirt freshman and a true freshman and, Mason Richmond and Connor Colby uh, starting a lot of games. That's really it. Does show that they missed a lot on some of the the upperclassmen. Is that something that they can make up for in another year or two? Uh, it is, uh, but I don't know that they don't need a, a stopgap. And I'd, I'd be remiss if I don't mention that Cody Entz and Justin Britt had both been hurt most of the year, and they may be two of their most athletic linemen outside of Linderbaum. So there was just a confluence of a lot of bad situations there. But but recruiting is, is at the top of the list. So now I'll say this, that the current first-year guys, the redshirt and true freshmen, or soon-to-be redshirt freshmen, um, I, I think they, they've hit a home run there. I do think we'll see guys like David Davidkoff, uh, 
Bo Stevens, Mike Myslinski, certainly Connor Colby, of course, in the, if not in the depth chart, really competing for spots next year and maybe a couple even on the starting lineup. So it may just be a one year blip along the offensive line, but it's a significant one. And when, when that went, when nothing worked up very well up front, you could see that, that nothing else really worked at all either. Uh, Doc, you mentioned Tyler Linderbaum, and of course we saw the uh, the tweet from uh, his uh, from his mom uh, with the the family uh, mom, pop, and and Tyler with the the check for thirty thousand dollars. There was a lot of folks that uh, thought that name, image, and likeness is going to destroy college football. I think the jury's still out. I mean, the, the long term. Uh, benefits or um, uh, damage that may be done to, to college sports. I think it's too early to determine if indeed there will be anything. But when you see stuff like this, uh, what Linderbaum did, what a class act by by him, uh, by by you know with the, with the family getting involved the way they did. Uh, sure, he's going to make millions at the NFL level, but still, uh, I I don't care. It's the act that got my attention and what should be talked about. What a great gesture from Tyler Linderbaum. No doubt. I mean, and and that was his money. I mean, that was all of it. Yep. He didn't he didn't keep any of it. Right. He gave it all away to them, and that's just a, an amazing gesture on his his count. Because you know, you could always say, you know, hey, any amount is a good amount. I mean, if I gave fifty dollars to the hospital, I'd feel pretty good about it. So he gave you know thirty thousand. <laughs> that was all his. So what what an incredible, amazing gesture on his account and his part. You know, same weekend that he. Uh, graduates in three and a half years, and and there are a lot of guys that do that. I mean, this is kind of unique to Iowa just because of the relationship with the Children's Hospital, but just about everybody who's done some sort of NIL work is given back to the hospital, and, and uh, Tory Taylor is another one, $11,000 yeah. he's raised and for on stillborn mm-hmm. uh, youth and, and, and babies and stuff. So I, I just think that uh, it, it's remarkable that they, for years, and, and we don't really talk about it a lot, but that they give back a lot of their time to the children's hospital, but now they're given the money that they get and they deserve it's theirs. And yet they're, they're doing so many good things with it. It's, it's really impressive. Scott Docterman from the athletic with us here, doc wrap up with little hoops. Nice win against Utah state as they run away in the second half and get that victory rebounded the ball better. Three-game losing streak comes to an end. Take away from Iowa basketball and a look to, no, not Southeast Louisiana, but to the future when they get back to Big Ten play. I think it was a really a get-well moment for them to play well. You know, of course, to have Keegan Murray back and playing as incredibly as he did the other night. But, mm-hmm. you know, that was a quality opponent. And, uh, you know, they got burned a lot early when it came to, you know, how they defended the post. I mean, I don't think somebody was there half the time. But but then once uh, they kind of settled down defensively and, and were able to run and, and do some good things in the, in the fast break, it, it really showed what Iowa is capable of doing. And when you lose three games like that, two of them were really tight, hard-fought games. One was a blowout, their in-state rival. I mean, it has the potential for things to kind of slide down. But I think they, re- they gathered themselves um, – focused on what makes them good and then also focused on the things that they can improve on. And it's, it's helpful because, yeah, as you mentioned, Southeast Louisiana tomorrow, next week against Western Illinois, you know, those games are, are more, let's, let's try to figure out some things and, uh, you know, win, of course, but just try to normalize the rotation and, and do a couple of things before you get really back into the Big Ten. And, and I think they, they did that. And, and they've got a really tough open opener with Maryland, uh, and then pretty much the whole year, it's going to be a grind for them. But I think they're back to being kind of where they were, say, 
you know, maybe maybe before their loss to Purdue. Doc, I know that uh, unfortunately for you, you won't be able to be with your uh, wife and children as you'll be uh, making your way uh, to Orlando, but you're going to have a stopover. Your mom lives in St. Louis, so you'll get to spend at least part of Christmas with your mom, which, um, I mean, you don't have a lot of those uh, with, with wife and kids, etc. Cherish every one of them, Doc. I know that you will. And uh, when will we start seeing your coverage of Iowa State and their Cheez-It Bowl at the Athletic? Yeah, on the 26th is when they start, uh, when, when they, the news media availability begins. So I'll be writing about the Cyclones then, starting, what is that, Sunday? And yep. and then uh, all the way up through the, the Cheez-It Bowl. And, and then, of course, it kind of overlaps with the Hawkeyes. So I'll be uh, I'll be a busy guy in Orlando. No time for Universal Studios or uh, Disney World for me. Doc, Merry Christmas. Thank you for what you do for us. We certainly uh, are, are better for that. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, in Orlando when your schedule permits, but we'll reach out and, uh, and make those arrangements. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and, and everyone listening. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. And again, if you um, want to be selfish, want to buy yourself a little gift... Want to buy as a sports fan on your list a little mm-hmm. something, a subscription to The Athletic, uh, you won't be disappointed. You're, you're, it's you great. truly won't. Regardless of who your team is or whatever your sport is, pretty good chance that somebody is going to be covering it at The Athletic. Mr. Monday Night, he's next. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. For a free brochure. When we needed to elevate the look of our branded gear at iHeartRadio, we turned to Authentic Brand by TCB Companies. Not only do they design great-looking gear for Iowa's four big universities, but they also manufacture unique branded gear for your company. Start outfitting your life at tcb-companies.com. The official outfitter of iHeart. Emory sent you. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never frozen wings, buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale, and West Des Moines. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNL, presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. That music means it's time for Mr. Monday Night. He's got a couple of games to opine on. He is a Bears fan. Let's keep that in mind when we hear from Mr. Monday night. Mr. Monday night coming off a winning week a week ago. He's got a winner for you. Vikings money line. Can I just do that? Seems like a pretty safe bet to me. Doesn't the six and a half just make you pump the brakes for a moment? Uh, the Vikings have to win the game. Yeah, but they've had to win plenty of games. They I lost know, to the and Lions. They, and Soldier Field ago. is not kind to them. It has not been. Historically, these teams, t- they split. Mm-hmm. 
up in Minneapolis. What's Thielen? Is Thielen in or out? I know he... I hadn't seen anything today, officially. I haven't either. Like it a lot more if he was playing. So what are you doing? We're going to lay the six and a half. All right. And Mr. Monday Night will go to the well with Kirk Cousins. In a primetime uh, game, yuck. Do you have any faith in Nick Mullins with the Browns? I, I can't touch that game. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to touch it. Actually, I do one of my picks. We have Cleveland. I got Cleveland in four. I still got Seattle tomorrow. I'm more points than I would have had on Friday when we made our picks. <laughs> Tuesday football. Okay. <laughs> Double header. Right. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Of course, Murph and Andy are coming up in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics will be here at three. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays from 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN.